0: Hello and welcome to the Yarniax podcast. This is episode 75, which we are recording on Tuesday, November 11th, which is Veterans Day here in the United States. So great wishes to all the veterans who are out there. And we also are having a school holiday. So there may be a little bit of ambient noise in the background (laughs) today. I'm Gail. And
1: I'm Charlene. And what are you wearing? I am wearing my Nanook cardigan by Heidi Kiermeyer. I knit this just a little over a year ago, back in September of 2013. I knit mine in Dream in Color Classy in the Purple Rain colorway, which is perfect name for this. Yes. <laughs>
0: it's a very, very dark, like black over... Dyed purple. Yeah,
1: that's a good way to describe it. And it's a sweater that I love every time I pull it out, but I don't wear it enough. And I it's really cute. I really like It's really it. cute, and I don't know why, like I said, I don't wear it enough. I think it's. Yeah, well, it hasn't been, been cool enough for us to wear and it around that here. That could be part of it. Yeah. That very well could be part of it. Because it, it's not exactly. It's not really a winter sweater style-wise because it's open fronts and you can't bundle it up against the cold really well. I have a stick,
0: a shawl pin, stick pin in it to keep it closed. Oh, that's crafty. She has the collar folded over the stick pin, so I had no idea. I thought it (laughs) was just cooperating. Oh,
1: and it's just one of those sweaters that you can close it because there's no sewn in or knit in front closures and you use a stick pin, you can close it various ways, which I really like. That makes it flexible for me, because sometimes I'll close it at the waist, but it also has this nice fold-over collar that you can wear up or flopped over, which is how I'm wearing it now, like Gail mentioned, and then I have the stick pin underneath one of the
0: folds, so you don't really realize that the collar is there. Yeah, I like it. (laughs) Well, and I never noticed from the pattern pictures that it's garter on the fronts. Oh yes, yeah. So it's garter on the fronts and stocking it mm-hmm. on the back. Yeah. And the fronts are—they're not quite biased, but they kind of hang down at an angle, like they might be. Drapier. Right. They're
1: a little bit long, and they do—they do hang down at an angle. But also the collar is very tall, so it has this unusual drape to the front, which yeah, is it's quite really nice. Cute. Yeah, it, like it really it is nice. I like the way a lot of people seem to style it. With the collar closed all the way and then pinned, which is also very nice because the collar has a lace scallop lace pattern on it. So when it either either way, if you pin it up or let it fold over, it
0: looks right. That looks good. Yeah, it looks like the collar is almost reversible Yeah, it is. lace. It is. Yeah, which is nice too. Yeah. So when it when you have it folded over, it doesn't look like it's the wrong side Right, out.
1: right. So very functional, flexible sweater. My side note, I need to wear it more often. <laughs> Weather permitting.
0: <laughs> yes. So how about you? What are you wearing? I'm wearing my monomania sweater, which I've been knitting for the last several podcasts. It's a design by Anne Weaver, and I knit it with Neighborhood Fiber Company rustic fingering yarn in three different colors. And I think I'll just talk more about it in the What Have You Finished segment. Okay. But I really, really like it. I'm really happy with how it turned out. So it's a big thumbs up. Yes, it is. <laughs> what have you been stalking? Well,
1: I've got a couple things out there that I'm looking at. The first one, I believe it would be pronounced susu or sousus, S-O-U-S, 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 and that is a fairly new pattern by Nora Gone. Now this one the sample is knit in Madelintosh Tosh Merino Decay which is that single ply yarn that they make. Mm-hmm. And the sweater is a big boxy oversized cabled pullover which immediately when I saw it I was really drawn to it. I love the way it's styled. I just love the comfort factor of this sweater
0: yeah i've seen it it's really okay i was holding it up (laughs) she's holding the ipad for me (laughs) so that i can see it it was in the what's hot now for quite a few days it probably still is
1: really nice it's got a big chunky cable down the back and then what looks like maybe seed stitch or moss stitch some sort of alternating pattern stitch on the sleeves and part of the body Very nice. I'm hesitant to actually make it for myself because I don't know if I would finish it to wear this season and I don't know if it would just be too warm of a sweater for me a big boxy sweater in that weight of yarn might be too warm for me yeah I think it's mm, it looks like, like a sure. lot of sweater to it's me. a lot it's yeah. a lot of sweater yeah and I would just be worried that it would be heavy and warm although I did notice perhaps because the sweater is so big, it does have a, a generous neckline, so it's not going to be a sweater that keeps your neck warm, that's for sure, because it's, it's got the scoop neckline in the front and small scoop in the back, not a huge scoop, but somewhat scoopish in the back, so it's not going to be like a cowl. Just It doesn't have any kind of collar at all, so maybe that would keep Keep your temperature control. Yeah, I don't you temperature controlled. Yeah, because then you might be
0: almost chilly up at your <laughs> right. neck. And then, yeah, because we tend to like our hoodies because they keep exactly. the back of our neck warm. Exactly. So
1: I'm not sure that it's really mm, styled for me, but it's sure cute. I really like it. So I just thought I'd mention that one. That's the first thing I've been looking at. The second one is a sweater called Definitely Susan by Josie Paquin. And this one is an open front cardigan, with a little twist on it. <clears throat> and the, the little difference is that on both sides of the sweater, it's got buttons. And then you oh, on knit both sides on both sides of the sweater's got buttons. You knit a separate piece which can be worn as a scarf, and that scarf ah, can be yes. buttoned down. I've seen this one too, both yeah. line of buttons on both sides to become a shawl collar on the front and we were talking Very about shawl collars it is interesting i like shawl collars because they keep my neck warm this can be really functional because you could wear it as a separate piece scarf or buttoned some of the photos show it buttoned part way or one of the photos, which I thought was really interesting, she buttoned it up one side and then twisted the scarf along the That's the picture I'm the looking at right now. It's really cool. And then buttoned it down so you get a really nice bunched shawl collar. I
0: really like That's it. That's really cute. And, and some people knit the scarf in different, in a different yarn color. or different you color. You could
1: make a couple scarves and yeah. get a couple different looks How interesting. out of the sweater. And there's that whole functionality aspect that to get several uses out of one garment because of the different ways you can wear it. And then perhaps matching it with different scarves, which I really like. That really appeals to me. So,
0: hmm. What an interesting idea.
1: Exactly. And I haven't seen anything quite like that
0: before. And I don't say that very often. So that's... Kind of fun. Well, what I was wondering, I'm trying to look through the pictures to see if anybody has it buttoned closed without the scarf. There's a picture of a woman who doesn't have the scarf on it at all.
1: Yeah, I don't know. But if it's you not.
0: Could. I don't think it's made to be buttoned closed. Yeah, without I don't the scarf. think so because
1: yeah. both both sides have the buttons, buttons, so that you can button the collar or scarf whatever you want to call it on so i'm very interested in that and i could definitely see myself wearing that as the name says definitely definitely <laughs> definitely.
0: <laughs>
1: definitely see myself wearing definitely susan it's fun i like that a lot so those were my two finds
0: how about you are you stocking anything i am i'm actually stocking cowls by a particular designer hillary smith Callis. Hmm. i don't know if i'm pronouncing her last name correctly she's the designer of the citron shawl that Mm -hmm. was so hugely popular as well as many other sweaters and accessories particularly Mm -hmm. she has designed three new cowls that look like shawlettes but they are cowls so they have beautiful lace work and they're kind of big bunchy but drapey at the same time Hmm. The two I really love are Adama, which is her newest one, which is in a worsted weight yarn. And the other one is called Star Shower, which is in a fingering weight yarn. And I really like them because I can just see wanting to just put them on and know that I'm not going to have to fiddle with them all day like I do with Mm -hmm. my chalettes. Yes. They're just on and they stay there. And the pictures of the finished projects really look nice. Jen Emerson, in particular, she did one that just... It looked so comfortable and stylish and just like it was meant to be part of the wardrobe. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) And I've just been thinking, hmm, what yarn do I have to knit one of those in? I know what you mean. I feel that
1: way about that Definitely Susan sweater.
0: That's much more of a yarn (laughs) investment than a cowl, though. Yes. Yeah. It takes a little bit more I don't want to say forethought, but with a cow, Yeah, Yeah. it's easier to just cast something on and not feel a huge obligation or dent in the stash. And I've also been stocking, again, the Skiff hat by Jared Flood. Cindy, who is Cozy Couch on Ravelry, she sent me that pattern as a gift for my birthday, and I've been wanting to knit it ever since, and it's not on the needles yet. So I have a skein of Derurum Natura, yarn by Gilliat, which is a French company. It's a worsted wool, and it's a beautiful blue-green peacock colorway, and I'm ready to cast that on, so hopefully by the next episode it will either be on the needles or finished by then, and it's interesting. It has beautiful cables in it. You can knit a pom-pom if you choose, and there are two versions of it. There is a version where it's just knit as a beanie with a short brim or there's a version where you knit a lot more brim so that you can fold it up and it's slouchier and i think even though slouch hats don't particularly look good on me i really like that folded brim idea i do too so i think i'll do version two and i was reading through the pattern last night and they use an interesting tubular cast on which i've never used and i'm looking forward to trying that technique when i cast this one on so i'm excited about that (coughs) And the other thing I've been stalking, which has used up hours of my time, <laughs> is the indie gift along patterns. The list of designers who are participating—three hundred designers. Oh
1: my gosh! Is
0: up in their Ravelry group. See, I and, haven't even gone to look. Oh boy, it's like twelve pages of designers. Because I still
1: have so much that I want to knit without looking at more patterns. I know, without getting tempted.
0: But they've—they're so much more organized this year. I'm so impressed with how they've done it. So every designer who's participating put together a collage of the patterns they're offering for the 25% discount. So if you're not familiar with the Indie Gift Along, there is a period of time, about a week I think, it starts on November 13th, that period of time all of the participating patterns are 25% off. And then there is a knit along that goes with this up until December 31st, and you can knit Any pattern that's part of the gift along, and you enter it into the proper category. So, if it's a cow, you enter it into the cow category, etc. So, it's fun not only because you get a great discount, but it's also fun because there are a lot of people participating, a lot of designers participating. There will be great chat, great enthusiasm, and encouragement, etc. So, I have been stalking all of the beautiful patterns that are available, and one of them that I actually already have in my library, but because it's part of the gift along, I can still participate with the knitting along part of it. Is the Fuego hat, which is by Justina Lorkowska Lorkowska, and it's another beautiful worsted weight cabled slouchy hat with a pom pom. It's just really Mm -hmm. cute. And she knit it. One of the recommended yarns is Imperial Ranch Erin. So I'm going to pull out my teal shadow colorway that I've had for quite a while from Imperial Ranch and I'm going to knit that hat probably won't keep that one for myself because I'm knitting the other one in a similar colorway however you never know <laughs> that one one of them will end up being a gift but yeah. they're both just so pretty I just want to knit them even if I'm not keeping them for myself so cows and hats and just gift along things in general and there are even some great crochet patterns so it's not just knitting it is crocheting as well so... Super fun stuff. There are beautiful afghans and sweaters and hats and cowls and accessories and anything you can think of, you will find a pattern for it in this event. Nice. Super fun. What are you knitting? Well,
1: in my hands right now is a swatch. I am swatching, you mentioned Justina Larkowska, I am swatching for Fickle Heart, which is the cabled hoodie. That I have talked about for a couple of episodes now, and I'm swatching in the neighborhood fiber company worsted, and it's a dark blue that tonal goes from it goes from a bright blue, dark blue, to a almost a grayish navy in some areas. Beautiful, very very nice. And I was telling Gail right when she got here that. I've had this picture because I printed out the pattern and Justina's pattern picture shows a nice pink sweater. It's knit in English Rose colorway of Malabrigo Rios, I believe. One of my favorite colors. And I kept looking at that looking at that photo and looking at my yarn and I was kind of undecided. And I kind of realized that I had a sweater that Gail was tired of, and she gave me a while ago to unravel the yarn for, and that yarn is really similar to the English Rose colorway. So even as I sit here and swatch, I'm debating which yarn do I want to try, and which (laughs) 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 yarn? So here I thought that I was all settled and I was going to be swatching to start the sweater and back to stage one, trying to match sweater and pattern still, because If I don't use one of the yarns, well, obviously, I won't use one of the yarns, then what do I want to use that yarn for? (laughs) (laughs) And dependent upon, that may help me make my color decisions if I find a pattern
0: that's perfect. So I may be stalking some more. (laughs) Yeah, we spent several minutes before we turned on the microphone discussing what Color will look better in which sweater? Yeah. So with the beautiful still blue, be better as for I, cables or the pink? And
1: as I swatch this, oh, it's so pretty! It's gorgeous, and I'm kind of thinking, hmm, it would look really good as this. It sweater. really would. So. I agree.
0: I thought in the skein the blue looked like it would almost be too dark to show the cables, but now that she's swatching with it, it's I'm changing my opinion. Enough.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: And I don't have
1: anything like this. In this color. It'd be nice to have a darker sweater. I've made a lot of light sweaters for the last few years, so it'd be nice to have a darker sweater in this style.
0: Yeah, I've been wanting to try navy just in general in mm-hmm. my wardrobe because my daughter looks so good in navy. Mm-hmm. I thought, hmm, maybe I'll look good in navy also. And that's what that colorway is making me think, hmm, stitches. <laughs> yeah. I hope the current <laughs> is going to be there, and I might have to yes. get some of that yarn because yes. it's so darn pretty. Yeah, it surely is. What's the colorway name? Do you know? I don't have the tag. Give me.
1: Oh, me wait, show me. here it is. It is called Palisades. Mm, it's beautiful. <laughs> it is. And then the only other thing that's still on my needles, I'm embarrassed to say, is my magnolia cardigan. And it has has not received any love. So that is sitting there. And I do need to get that one done because we finally had a foggy day yesterday. I'm saying that keeping my fingers crossed that that means we will have more foggy days because that was the first foggy day that it's been months, I think. Yeah. (laughs) Which is very unusual because usually we have foggy summer days, and this year we did not.
0: Yeah, now we're having foggy November days. Yes, which is odd, but I'll take it. (laughs) Anything that makes it chilly enough that we actually need to put on hand knits is a good thing. Exactly, exactly. So those are the only two things, because I finished a few things. How about you? What do you have on the needles? I only have two things on the needles. Also, there was a new pattern released this week by Susan B. Anderson, and it's called yowza Weigh it shawl and it was designed to work with a skein of miss bab's yowza what a skein yarn which i happened to have a skein of that sitting in my stash that is variegated enough that i wasn't quite sure what to do with it so when i saw this shawl come out i bought it within like an hour i think when it went up on ravelry and they had a sale the first day so it was a pretty good price for the pattern and it is the most Relaxing, easy knit that I've done in a long time Mm -hmm. without giving anything away in the pattern. You basically knit the same row all knitting until you have a certain percentage of yarn left, and then you do a ruffle and then you bind off. It's that simple. (laughs) And I've so enjoyed it. I'm to the part where I'm starting, I'm right now doing the knit front and back row to start my ruffle. So just in a couple days, I've burned through a huge percentage of the skein of yarn. And it's just so relaxing. There's no thought required. You're just going. Your hands are motoring along, knitting happily, and you're focusing on anything else. So, really enjoying this one. And again, that's Yowza Weigh It Shawl by Susan B. Anderson. The other thing that I have cast on are my Monster Mitts, which is a pattern by Julia Allen and it is made for self-striping yarn, and or you can alternate yarns to give it a striping effect that is chevron-striped stripes. And I'm using a skein of yarn I got for my birthday from White Birch Fiber Arts, and it's called Nothing Says Screw You Like a Rainbow, and it's stripes of blue, like a cloudy blue sky, and rainbow, and it's so pretty. (laughs) I knit enough of the mitts. I started with the blue, And I knit enough that I have the cuff in blue and then the first repeat of the rainbow colors in the chevron. And it's so, so, so pretty. It's so pretty. I would have been knitting more on the mitts if the shawl wasn't just zen, you know, perfect nom thought (laughs) knitting. But I cannot wait to have those mitts done, especially now that the weather's getting a little colder. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to wear rainbows on my hands. I just can't wait. (laughs) The yarn is a pleasure to work with, and the colors in the rainbow are just phenomenal, so... Loving that yarn. Loving that project. Very easy knit, too. It's I'm using DK weight yarn, but the pattern calls for worsted, so pretty easy knit, you know, pretty thick yarn, so it's going to go pretty quickly once I focus on it. And as of the end of today, I will also have Ease by Alicia Plummer on the needles. I swatched, and I'm ready to cast on, so there are a lot of people in the thread in our rivalry group who are either already knitting an Ease or are going to be starting an Ease, and or an Armand sweater, which is a free Andy Satterlin pattern from Knitty. So if you're interested in either Ease and or Armand, please check out the group. And it's super low-key, casual, no starting or ending dates. We're all just there to cheer each other on and show pictures and ooh and awe ah over each other's pretty progress. So I can't wait to get that one on the needles. I'm using Western Sky Knits willow worsted which is a merino cashmere nylon base in the go-go girl colorway and it's super bright and happy Mm -hmm. pink so just swatching with it was making me smile i told charlene i knit a gigantic swatch if you've (laughs) ever knit anything for amy herzog's custom fit she recommends like a six by six or bigger swatch so that you can get a really good gauge And for some reason, I just decided I was going to knit this gigantic swatch. (laughs) I don't know what I was thinking. And my gauge is way off, so the swatch was for naught. I'll just rip it out. But I'm ready. Just cast on. And it's going to be fun. I love
1: swatches. I love making swatches. It's so easy. Yeah, it was (laughs) very
0: easy. It was like most of an evening's worth of knitting just... Back and forth, and back and forth. Yeah, that's what I'm doing now. (laughs) I love swatching. I'd rather be knitting on an actual project than knitting on a gauge swatch, but I do I do them religiously. I'm not. I'm over the uh, sweaters that don't fit because I was too lazy to do a gauge swatch. Me
1: too.
0: (laughs) So, what have you finished since the last episode? Okay, my big big production
1: is the sweater test knit that I was knitting for a pattern from Elizabeth Doherty. And that, I finally got off my needles. I, I shouldn't say finally, I've been working on it for about a month. So, and it's a lot of yardage, it's a big sweater. It's a pullover made in a single ply fingering weight yarn that I used from Western Sky Knits in a colorway called Vivid, which is a very vivid, it's beautiful purple, lovely color. Love it, love it, love it. It's really, really pretty. <laughs> it's it's a pattern that's going to be released, I believe she's going to release it in about a week or two. So I'll, I'll be posting some pictures soon. I haven't taken any yet, but I'm really excited about this one and I just love my version of it. So very happy with that one. But that's been taking a lot of my knitting time lately. Do you know what the pattern's going
0: to be named by any chance? I think so. Not possible. We'll, <laughs> don't want we'll to put that, that in the show way. notes, yeah. yeah, so that we, people know what to look for.
1: Yeah. Um, second thing that I have been knitting is a pair of socks. They're just straightforward, easy stockinette socks, so very much my comfort knitting, and I finished those. I don't know if you remember that I had been working on those crazy Zauberball socks that took me months and months to get off the needles, and then what do I do? But cast on another pair of socks and finish <laughs> them in two weeks or less.
0: <laughs> yeah, but the Zauberball so- socks were patterned. Right?
1: They were, and yeah. so it just—I realize now that it's not socks that I stalled out of. It's just I want to knit plain, easy, straightforward, comfort knitting stockinette socks, and these are purple in that BFL yarn. I love them and look forward to wearing them. On our foggy days,
0: <laughs> yeah, and they're pretty too. It's almost the same color as the sweater. Right? It is, yeah. That's nearly it's the vivid yeah. colorway. Yeah, who'd have thought? <laughs> well, don't you have one other FL? Yes, the third thing
1: is my, I believe, Cupido is the name of the. Well, I know that's the name. I'm not sure about the pronunciation. Cupido, Cupido, Cal by hiroko fukatsu now hiroko fukatsu is the designer of the Hito Fude cardigan which many of us have knit or have thought about knitting or are still knitting according to ravelry yes <laughs> and the cupidocall she released i want to say back in the fall of i don't actually 2011 and as of today there are 12 107 projects on Ravelry, and the cowl has been done in all different sizes of yarn. The It's written for an Aaron weight yarn at 17 stitches to 4 inches in the pattern stitch, which is a slip stitch pattern. But I knit mine in a fingering weight yarn, and if you look at some of the yarn that people have used, they have knit it in all kinds of. Gauge yarn because it's a four stitch repeat so you can add or subtract stitches as needed so wonderful wonderful pattern I love the way it came out I used some new-to-me yarn which <laughs> yarn with a backstory is what it's called it's Raveling Rose yarn yarn with a backstory and the my story behind this yarn is is it was given to me by a friend who traveled up to Washington and visited Churchmouse Yarns, and she found it there. And it's 100% recycled cashmere. And if you go to the Raveling Rose website and Etsy store, you get a little bit of the story. And what I have managed to glean from from the website and then i also pm'd the woman who dyes and spins and unravels the yarn is basically that she's a one as far as i can tell it's just a one woman operation very small production and she sources sweaters used or used sweaters repurposes the yarn and then in some instances she will also over dye it sometimes she doesn't over dye it but she does re-spin it into what we see here which is it's kind of cabled it's cabled-lied. amazing but the yarn is really lovely to work with <laughs> very very lovely and trying to figure out how I can get my hands on more. (laughs) She does have an Etsy shop. She has an Etsy shop. It's hard for me to order yarns without seeing them because I'm so particular. But I may just have to do it because the prices are
0: very reasonable reasonable for
1: cashmere. And out of this one skein, which is, this skein is 221 yards to 50 grams, I got a good sized cowl. This cowl I could wear it single looped and it would be long or I could wear it close to my neck, double looped, and it's super soft and it just it's interesting yarn. Very, very interesting, like the tag says, yarn with a backstory. So if you're curious about trying some cashmere and you're you're not are you you just want to try some something different, I would recommend trying this yarn.
0: After Charlene <clears throat> cast on with this one, she was raving about the yarn, so I went to the Etsy shop immediately and was very impressed that she doesn't only have the 100% cashmere, which is what Charlene was using. She has different mixes of different yarns. For example, she had one that was something to the effect of, Four strands of repurposed, scoured cashmere with one strand of hand-spun BFL, and I think there might have been a strand of silk involved. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. So very different combinations, and I don't know. I was just fascinated by her whole story. Yeah, I am too. It's just interesting. And her prices are extremely reasonable. I can't imagine how much work goes into each of those skeins. Well, I guess if you're doing a lot it's not as intensive
1: you know if you're doing if you've got the whole setup going and you're doing a lot of sweaters all at once and you're doing in batches kind of thing so maybe that's how it works out i'm I'm not not sure sure. i can't
0: imagine (laughs) to me it sounds like a a chaotic nightmare i'm happy just to buy the yarn and not have to do all the (laughs) work
1: myself (laughs) i suspect that probably once you get the hang of Unraveling commercial sweaters, there's a system to it. Yeah, there must be. <laughs>
0: yeah. But still, it's beautiful yarn. It absolutely beautiful, beautiful yarn. And... It has just a tiny bit of a halo, and mm-hmm. it's so soft. And the pattern, we were looking at the pattern pages on Ravelry, and... I think the pattern is so much prettier in real life than the pattern pictures. Some of the pattern pictures, you can really see the slip stitch. Yeah, Yeah. it's
1: it's one of those designs I felt the same way that I was kind of unsure about, but I knew that it's just a cow. I'll try it and see what the stitch looks like. Stitch pattern looks like, and once I tried it, I really loved it. I'm glad I gave it a try because I love how it turned out.
0: Yeah, I will knit that for sure. That is really pretty.
1: Yeah, it's just, I think we mentioned it's a simple slip stitch pattern, and with one color, it just flies. Yeah,
0: that. <laughs> oh, with different two colors, you that could might do be it really with amazing a with the slip too. stitch. Yeah, yeah.
1: So. super pretty. Very fun. Very fun. So that is. Those are the
0: three things, excuse me, those are the things that I have finished. What have you finished, Gail? I have finished three things also. I finished the Field of Wildflowers hat, which is by Hohi Locatelli. I held a fingering weight yarn doubled to do that. And mm-hmm. I love the finished object. <laughs> I was We've actually officially taken Lucy to the beach. She's been three times now, and it's just so much fun. And when we were there on Sunday, it was really foggy and chilly down on the beach. And I was thinking, oh, pretty soon I'll be able to wear hats when we go to the beach. And that's the first one that I will be wearing. I used my Western Sky Knits Twinkle Sock in the Give Me a Gumball colorway, which is beautiful. (laughs) Every color in the rainbow held doubled. You can just imagine. So I can't wait to wear that one. really enjoyed the knit. It was really fun and loved the finished object. The other one, which was also by Hohe that I finished, is the Inner Peace Shawl, which is not a win for me. I loved the pattern. I loved the yarn, which is Miss Babs Ephemeral, which is a BFL silk fingering. I do not like them together. Hmm. The yarn itself is a very tightly twisted yarn, and when when I washed it, it didn't plump up at all. And Mm. I didn't swatch because it was a shawl. I should have swatched. Lesson learned. But the fact that it's so tightly twisted, every single wrapped stitch shows. So the shawl has a lot of short rows, but they're knit in garter stitch, so Mm -hmm. typically you wouldn't lift the stitch, the wrapped stitch, when you're... Yeah, you don't usually pick up wraps in garter stitch and you're not instructed to in the pattern because it doesn't usually show. Well, You can see on my pattern page, they show clearly. You can see them crystal clear. So I knew, I have to say, I knew about halfway through the shawl that the yarn was not the right mix, but I wasn't going to rip it out. So I just kept going with it, and that will end up being a gift for someone because, again, it's a fantastic pattern. The shawl would have been beautiful if I had just chosen another yarn, and that yarn would have been perfect for something else. You know, I think socks, that would have been... A very hard-wearing pair of socks. Mm-hmm. It was very, very. I don't want to say rigid because that gives the wrong idea, but they just think tightly twisted. That's mm-hmm. the best description I can give. Mm-hmm. So not really a win on the combination, which you know sometimes that happens. We just had that mm-hmm. episode not long ago of our <laughs> fails, which yep. you know usually it's a bad combo of pattern and yarn, and mm-hmm. there's another example. So I'll probably be reknitting that shawl someday in a fluffier. More, I don't want to say a more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Luxury base, mm-hmm. but something that has more softness to mm-hmm. it. So stay tuned for maybe a future inner peace. And as I teased in the beginning of the episode, I finished my Monomania sweater, which is a bottom up chevron striped sweater. And I used three colors, the pattern calls for four. And when we were helping Neighborhood Fiber Company at Stitches West in February, they had kits for this sweater. And there was one kit that was the same colors I used, but there were four colors. I didn't really care for the fourth color, but I kept just dreaming of all the pretty things I could make with these colors. So I ended up buying one skein each of Rustic Fingering in these three colorways. And then I realized about I don't know, two weeks later, I could, of course, knit the sweater in three colors instead of four. I could still knit the sweater. So that's how the sweater came to be as an idea. And the knitting was really fun. It's a very easy pattern to follow. The pattern itself has 37 pages, but what Ann Weaver has done, she has spelled out to the stitch how to do every single row of the pattern for every single size. So what that meant for me was that for my size, I knit a size 37, for example, when you're doing the sleeve cap shaping, because it is seamed, you seam the shoulders and you seam the sleeves into place. Everything else is from the bottom up in one piece separate for the fronts and back. When I started the sleeve cap shaping, every single line by line row she tells you for example okay this is a row where you're decreasing so knit six slip slip stitch exact you know for example every single row so there was no guesswork there was no every sixth row it she tells you row one row two row three for the whole entire pattern so it could not have been easier it was one of the most well written patterns I think I've ever knit. There wasn't a single moment of confusion where I thought uh oh what do I do here and the best part for me when I seamed the sleeves in, it was the easiest seaming I've ever done and the best looking seaming I've ever done because everything matched up perfectly. I think the stripes helped with that too because what I do when I seam in a sleeve is I put locking stitch markers to hold the sleeve to the body, you know, several of them so that when I'm seaming them together, things fit and I'm not just you know, trying to guess from the underarm all the way up to the top of the sleeve and fudging things. But because the stripes were there, they were guidelines. It was clear that, you know, they should be seaming together when the stripe began. But because the shaping was done so meticulously from the shoulder cap, sleeve cap, and shoulders, shoulder shaping on the sweater, it was a dream to seam. And I was dreading the seaming so much. Hmm. I was just so worried that it was going to look horrible when mm-hmm. I was done. But I love the look. I mean, yeah, it, looks, it looks really pretty. And the way she did it also, because there's a selvage edge on the front, it looks like there is a two-row stockinette seam, which is just a result of how you seam the sleeves together.
1: Nice.
0: So really enjoyed knitting the pattern, besides the dread over the seaming, which was for nothing. And it fits really well. I think... It's a little longer than I normally would knit a sweater, but Charlene has determined that that was a good length for me. And it was because it was bottom up, I wasn't able to try it on as much as I would have any other sweater. But also because of the way the shaping is done, she writes out you know which rows to do your increases and decreases for your waist shaping, and I couldn't think of an easy clever way to modify that and keep the stitch the sequence of colors and everything. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to monkey around with everything. So I just knit per pattern. I didn't try to modify it right. for my own size. But other cool things about the sweater, I did sew in some Grain ribbon that I picked up on a whim when I was shopping with Stephanie and Carol, Soulmate and C.D. and Carol, and my mom in San Francisco. We went to Brightex Fabrics and found this super pretty grosgrain ribbon and I thought, Well, you never know maybe it will match something it's pretty bright so it probably won't but it's perfect for the sweater it is perfect it's a turquoise background with this really pretty gold pink and green and silver pattern in it and sewed that in on sunday and then the buttons are really really fun they're circular coconut wood buttons and they have a swirly rainbow pattern on them and at first i thought oh You know, the sweater's bright enough. I don't know if I should really be adding swirly rainbow buttons to it. But they're perfect for the sweater. They look so pretty. And I've had a lot of compliments. I did put a picture up on Instagram yesterday. And a lot of people commented on the buttons. And they came from Lionwood, which is L-Y-A-N, wood, on Etsy, which is a fantastic button store. I think they ship from China. It's definitely overseas, so it's not instantaneous shipping. You don't get it immediately, but the prices are amazing and their selection is out of this world. So many different buttons. And I've ordered from them several times and I've always been really happy with the results. So that's the story on the buttons and the Grow Grain ribbon. And I'm really, really happy with my new sweater. I think it may be the brightest sweater I've ever knit. <laughs> and I've knit some pretty bright sweaters. But this one, to me, there's something about it that just makes it. Super bright. It's nice. So I'm really, really happy with my monomania. Yay! I love it. <laughs> and those are the things that I've finished. Yay. Super successful last two weeks. Because that one took a long time to knit. It was on the needles for a long time. Only I let about it, a month. About a month and a half. Mm-hmm. I let it sit for periods yeah, of time you put because it aside yeah, for a little while I was you nervous about break. the seaming and everything. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, and then it was sleeve dread. I was dreading oh. doing the sleeves, so that put me off for a while. But once I just stopped thinking about it and started knitting yeah. them, they were quick. So <laughs> I got over myself. Yeah. So Charlene had a great idea for a sub or topic today. We wanted to talk a
1: little bit about snags in your knitting and repairs and how to go about that. And it's not necessarily that Gail or I have – repaired so many snags that we're experts, because we're not necessarily experts, but what I thought I would do is just look up some different ways to repair snags and then put those, put references in a list on our blog for, on, on, on a blog post for this episode so that we can all use them. <laughs> Yeah, and you found some great references. Hopefully, hopefully I did. Things are always changing, and there were some some surprises out there too when I started looking. Yeah, but, I was surprised at some some of the information as mm-hmm, well. Yeah, and snags I think are the most common repair and
0: frustrating yes
1: <laughs> that we have to make. And what I usually do when I get a snag, first thing I do.
0: Is cry is I, well? No, <laughs> usually
1: what I do is immediately I just start stretching the fabric around the sag, or snag, to try to ease that yarn back in a little bit. If it's a really big snag, then I will get a DPN or a tapestry needle and do it manually. Just try to ease that yarn back because what happens when you get a snag is it pulls the strand out of place from where the yarn is supposed to be it pulls it out and it lumps it all into one long strand and instead of being back where it's supposed to be on the other ends of the row it's pulled out so all of its neighboring stitches yes so all all of those stitches get smaller and yeah they're choking each other and if you just get a tapestry needle or a dpn a bright light a little patience, you can (laughs) ease that yarn back into place fairly easily and actually fairly quickly too. It it really doesn't take that long to do. It's just like Gail says, do you cry first or do you (laughs) just sit down and do it? And sometimes if it's a small snag, I don't even have to use a needle. I sit there and I pull the fabric both directions and get the small ones to go back into place. Is that your first
0: Yeah, the ones, the snags that have almost brought me to tears have been on lace weight projects. Mm -hmm. So I knit the LAR sweater by Gudrun Johnson several years ago. And the first time I wore it, literally, I was trying on a shirt and I pulled that top or that sweater off over my head and it got stuck on a hook on my bra and pulled a giant snag right Mm -hmm. from the top. And it was just one of those, oh, darn it, you know, how did I do that? Yeah. And I was so sad, and I saw this big old, you know, loop sitting there that shouldn't have been there, and instantly thought, okay, I'm going to pull at it, you know, gently try to ease it back in place. There was no way it was ever Mm going to go back in place. So those are the ones that make me want to cry. I think when it's thicker yarn, I've had more success with that manually moving the yarn back into place to ease the snag out. Yeah, But the finer weights I have a real struggle with. And I know that we've had some tool recommendations. My friend Carol, she gave me a tool. And this is the weirdest thing. I sent a picture of the tool to Charlene yesterday. It's like a little tiny crochet hook. And then I went to find the tool and I couldn't find it but I found a different tool and I thought, well, that's weird. (laughs) I know I've used the crochet hook one before. So where did this one come from? And the other one, let me see if I forgot to take it out of my bag is actually, it looks like a felting needle and it was in the, one of the resources that you sent me. Hmm. It was similar to the tool they were showing. Mm -hmm. So here it is. It is literally like a little felting needle. It has, ridges at the top and it's smooth at the bottom so what you do is the pointed end at the bottom you slide that through and the textured end you're supposed to hook that onto the snag and then pull it through to the back of your work so it doesn't it doesn't fix the snag it puts the snag in the back of your work i think is what that's meant to do although it does say to stretch to realign the fabrics but for for example my lar it's never going to be back where it's supposed to be. Interesting. So, But the tool that I've used is the crochet hook one, which the other lace weight sweater that I snagged so badly was my deep breath sweater. Mm -hmm. I remember that. That was a big snag. Yeah, it was big and gnarly. And same thing, I just ended up having to pull the snag to the back of the work so that it didn't show. Well, that was the second
1: fix that I came across online. There were so many youtube videos and so many resources that say how to fix a snag in a sweater easy pull your yarn to the inside (laughs) the non-public side of the sweater tie a knot voila you're done seriously this is the way the the videos were like oh it's easy to fix a snag in your sweater this is all you do and the of course the knitter in me
0: cringes just
1: cringes because knowing that that yarn has been pulled out of its proper place and knowing that there are stitches that are being strangled because that one row has been yep. pulled out of place just makes me cringe. But cause... I can see in some cases, like
0: with mine, but that's that was what, the right thing yeah, to do.
1: But I but that's what I was going to say. I guess in the case of some garments and certainly in the case of a lace weight strand, you're not talking about as much area as you would be if it were a bulky exactly. piece of yarn yeah. if you pulled a bulky piece of yarn and you pulled an entire row tight it would surely show whereas on a lace weight piece it would
0: show less because the area you're talking about is much much smaller yeah so although and one thing i must say don't cut the yarn oh don't, don't cut, the cut, yarn. cut the yarn oh yes
1: i that you're right. I should. We definitely should say that. I, I would think that would go without saying, but you should always say even the things that you think yes.
0: should go without because saying. Because if you cut the yarn, you've created a giant hole in your sweater because it will unravel. So a snag can be fixed without having to sew anything. But as soon as you cut that yarn, you've created a hole. Yes, and that's the next type of repair. What, what to
1: do when you do have a hole? If you have one strand of yarn broken, my favorite repair is to weave in a new strand along the same pathway as the broken strand basically duplicate stitch is what it's called so if you look at the back of your knitting you can follow one piece of yarn that goes in and up and down and around two loops for stockinette stitch i'm talking about and then if one of those strands broke you could take a piece of your yarn weave it in two or three stitches before the break, catch your proper loops into the new yarn, and then weave it through a couple more stitches, and then snip it, and then you'd have a little duplicate stitch patch for your hole. So kind of similar to weaving in an end. Yes, exactly. So that will work for one strand. If you have multiple strands broken, then you have to figure out a way to build a foundation so that you can duplicate stitch, because if you have multiple strands broken in one spot, then you may not have enough of a foundation to do that duplicate stitch type repair, and there are ways to do that. It's somewhat like darning a sock, Yeah, is what I was thinking, because I know that happens on socks. You break the yarn, and the yarn goes thin, and then snaps in multiple places at once, and People make little woven patches for them. I saw one of the resources that I found, somebody took a thread and just basically sewed around the hole and then drew the thread taut. So you basically just closed the hole. Yeah, that was a little hole. That was a little tiny hole, yeah. So that wouldn't really work on thicker, chunkier yarns. It was a commercial tiny tiny. Knit little sweater, so that's why it worked. But there are some
0: interesting things. I think there was one. Well, you found a good one about darning socks. So, yes. That one, when you have a substantial hole in your knitting, it was the same type of idea of create a foundation Mm -hmm. on which you can create your own woven fabric. Right. So, they actually stitched a border around the hole, giving themselves a wide margin, and then they created a warp and a weft Mm -hmm. with, you know, with the repair yarn by weaving it into the existing stitches on either side of it. So you created literally a little woven piece that created or Mm -hmm. fixed the the hole
1: itself. And in a case like that, it would not be an invisible repair. It would be a visible repair in a location like the heel of a sock where you choose that the functionality of the garment is more important than... The looks. <laughs> right.
0: Well, and how many people see the heels of their socks? Exactly. Necessarily, so. Exactly.
1: But you could even do that. I, I think I was looking, if you search on Pinterest for how to repair a hole, there are several resources on Pinterest for repairing holes in sweaters in such a way that it is a visible repair rather than an invisible repair. But as a design element. Right. I was just thinking like you could do a little flower on it or yes. yeah, if you wanted yes. to make it something there was, cute. There were several repairs that were done making a design element and one of them that I thought was really cute, it was a hole in a sweater and it looked like they had just taken a sewing machine and stitched back and forth, back and forth, but in the shape of a little square. So it was a little square. But then they did little squares all down the sleeves, the sleeves. Oh, yeah, and cute. in contrasting colors of thread, so they really made it a design element rather than a visible repair.
0: Oh, that's a cute idea. Yeah, it
1: was really cute. It was a another commercially knit, small, smaller gauge sweater, so that's why it worked easily in the sewing machine. But it was
0: really cute. You know, one thing that we have failed to mention this whole time is Stephanie Pearl McPhee's darning method for socks. (laughs) She holds it over the garbage can and says, oh, darn, as she throws it away. (laughs) Right, and if you make a lot of socks, there you go.
1: That's, That's a viable
0: option, too. I
1: just get tired of my socks. I don't darn socks because I'm at that point where my socks need to be darned. I've probably made several more pairs, and my drawer is always too full anyway.
0: How long does a pair of socks usually last you before they need to be darned, just out of curiosity?
1: It varies. They can last several years because I have several pairs that I rotate through. Okay. So even if I wore each pair once, each pair is not necessarily going to be worn a lot in that sock season season. right so some might last years and others some can
0: last years well and it probably also depends on the base because i think you've said before that like trekking and regia Mm -hmm. last a lot longer than some of the others they do any sock yarn that
1: has nylon or silk or some sort of strengthening fiber will last longer and the 100% merinos, I won't use 100% merinos for socks. I've heard a lot of people say that. It doesn't
0: make sense to me. Well, I think (laughs) that, like I said earlier, that Miss Babs ephemeral that I used for the inner piece shawl, that would have made bulletproof socks. Hmm. It was so tightly twisted, and with the BFL and silk content, I think those would have been socks that never would have needed darning. (laughs) Either throwing in the garbage can darning or real darning. Yeah. Because that's the one reason Mike keeps asking me to make him socks, and I keep saying no, because he's really, really hard on his socks, Mm. and I just can't stomach the idea of knitting him a pair of socks that need to be repaired all the time. Yeah, I understand that. uh, Totally off topic. I just remembered, and I meant to mention this earlier. So I've been talking about how I'm going to knit a sweater, both for my dad and for Mike, with fingering weight yarn. Well, I had a total epiphany last weekend. I don't know what I was thinking when I was forcing my dad to use the same yarn that Mike picked out. I picked the base of the yarn based on a sweater of mine that Mike loves. Mm -hmm. So I picked a colorway that he liked. I bought the yarn. And that was about the time my dad was saying, I want a sweater too. So Mm -hmm. I bought a lot of the yarn. Special Mm -hmm. order for Madeline Tosh. And the epiphany was, why did I buy A sweater quantity for both of them. Why am I forcing my dad? I don't know what I I was thinking. I didn't realize you were doing that either. It makes no sense (laughs) once you start thinking like a rational human. So that day I was on the way home from the gym and I thought, oh my gosh, I can let him have free reign of whatever yarn he wants and maybe he'll pick worsted weight yarn. (laughs) And he did. He picked Malabrigo Rios. So I ordered 10 skeins from Webs. So I got the discount. And their customer service is fantastic because they sent me an email and said, we have seven skeins from one lot, Mm. one skein from a second lot, two skeins from a third Mm. lot. Do you still want it? And I was like, oh, 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 what do you do? So I asked them, I said, well, how well do you think they match? And they replied saying the office consensus is that they match very well, but we'd be happy to do a back order for you. And my response was, well, my thought process was, I would love to knit my dad's sweater by Christmas, and if he picked out a worsted weight yarn that I could get in my hands early enough, I could actually knit it by Christmas. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, let's go with the 10 skeins. Hopefully they'll match well enough, or maybe I could do, you know, cuffs or ribbing Mm -hmm. in an alternate skein, and he wouldn't really notice, or some, I think sleeves he'd notice. He's pretty particular Mm -hmm. with his job. He sees colors really well, Mm -hmm. so... I would ask him before I did anything like that, but I don't even know if I need that much yarn. Mm-hmm. So hopefully I won't need that much and mm-hmm. I'll have left over. but great customer service. I'm so excited and relieved that I'm actually knitting him a sweater in a better base for him because the other thing, I was going to use a non super wash yarn. The first oh. question I asked him was, do you want to be able to wash this in the washing machine? He said, of course. It's like, what was I thinking? Oh, my gosh. But he did fall in love with the previous color. So the yarn I picked out for Mike, my dad loves. And it's a blue-black, very beautiful colorway. But there was no chance that he was going to even enjoy a variegated colored sweater. So on many levels, I completely saved myself by thinking like a rational human all of a sudden. So... (laughs) Oof, I'll be able to get my dad's sweater done. And that had nothing to do with holes or snags, but I was so excited I just had to tell you.
1: <laughs> That's okay. I think that the holes and snags are done. And what we will do is put up a list of some resources we have found on the web. It's very easy to find resources if you just enter that phrase into a search engine or onto YouTube. It has lots of resources as well. That. Yeah. So. Definitely keep wearing your knits, even if you get a hole or a snag, and learn how to take care of them and fix them.
0: (laughs) And one other thing we're going to mention before we forget, because we are total hacks when it comes to our own giveaways, we always forget (laughs) to do our own giveaways. We have the giveaway for Edie Ekman's new book, and I'm slowly paging back through Ravelry to get to the right page. So please bear with me. I don't want to misquote anything. And Edie's book is called Christmas Crochet for Hearth, Home, and Tree. And the winner of this one, her username is Smoten, S-M-O-T-E-N. Her name is Susie. And she wrote a really sweet comment that I'm going to read to you. I would love to crochet my family Christmas stockings. What a precious idea. Also, thank you for beginning to include crochet in your podcast. I am an avid fan of you two and have listened to every episode. However, I am a crocheter, and although I love looking at the knitting projects you mentioned, now I look forward to your podcast even more. Keep up the good work; you are much appreciated, Susie. So, thank you very much for thank that you super so much, sweet comment, Susie. We love hearing that. From yeah, you. it's very, and it helps kind of validate the fact that we're both starting to do a little bit more mm-hmm. crochet and talk about it a little Definitely. more. We we worry about alienated alienating <laughs> some of our listeners, but it's really good to hear that crochet is of interest to a lot of you. So thank you very much. We'll have that book to you. Well, actually, if you can ping either me or Charlene, and then we will get that book out to you in the mail. It's a very cute little book. So thank you very much for listening. I think that wraps it up. Oh, one more thing, Charlene has an update.
1: Retreat update. Just wanna give a brief retreat update. If you have sent in your registration for the Northern California Knitting Retreat, which will happen in April of 2015, you should have received a confirmation from Tracy by now. If you have sent in your registration and have not heard from Tracy, please get in touch with one of the two knitlet chicks or Gail or myself, just to make sure that your registration has arrived. As of today, we have all but one spot filled. Everybody that we received registration from is in. And we're going to accept one more spot, one more person to fill that spot. And then if there are more interested parties, we will start a waiting list because it's always possible that as life happens and gets in the way, some people will be unable to attend who already have spots. So thank you for your interest. I am so excited to chat with folks that have made it in.
0: And I can't wait. And thank you so much for your interest. Yeah, so far we have a really, really fun list of people who are registered. And I cannot wait to see all of you. So, yay! yay. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. And until the next time. Happy knitting. Bye. Bye-bye. You can
1: find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniax Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniax.com we have a friendly and engaging Yarniacs podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gaily Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gaily Whaley.